0: I'll be very real, um, young, you know, when I was like younger in my early 20s and my in my like teenage years, I was like very depressed because I, I was like suppressing all these feelings of like being who I was um, or who I am, I mean. Um, and so like, having like suicidal thoughts, just like constantly like not wanting to like do anything outside of like go to work, go out with friends and that that being it, like going home and that's it. And so as I grow and as I like, as I heal from that, learning how to, how to balance and create boundaries between like, hey, like I, I need to live and I need to like keep wanting to live this life. And if that means I, that I need to like create boundaries with the people that I love, then that's what needs to happen. Cause at the end of the day, my life, I love me and I'm, I need to value my life a lot more than I, then I value um, getting along with, with people that I love
1: more. gente dímelo, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Do It It Is podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it's your boy and host, Babel, bringing you another special episode with another very special guest. Now, the clip that you heard in the intro is with this week's guest, Jesse. Before getting into the full episode, let me give you a quick little bio on Jesse. So Jesse identifies as a queer Mexican-American. He was born and is still doing the damn thing in H-Town. He has learned to lead his life by striving to live his truth. Jesse takes pride in dedicating himself to doing work where his passion for social change and his purpose for building better relationships intersect. He is a huge proponent of mental health and sharing our experiences. He believes that having the conversation is how we grow. Jesse also believes that our authenticity is what continues to push us forward. Now that you know a little bit about Jesse, let me give you one more update before getting into the episode. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, please do us a favor, like, share, subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts specifically, please do us a favor and leave us a rating, leave us a comment. This is just going to help these stories get heard by more people so that we can ultimately live our mission of redefining professionalism. With that said, let's get into the episode.
0: First, I was raised, um, I was raised in a very like Christian home. We were raised Pentecostal were somewhat very like strict. And so like, um, I was always being like, so, you know, suppressing my feelings about like certain things and like my views on certain things. And so being able to like, um, to open up about like my my sexuality, open up about like my worldviews, um, just was a long road. It was definitely a long road. And um, just recently when I was like reading um, your email, I was thinking about this one um, situation. About five years ago, when I entered like the education field, because I worked for a teacher prep program, and um, there was these two coworkers, um, which were really my managers, um, that I started getting along with like very well, and we started working closer together. And like after meetings, I'd like make certain comments and be like, "Oh, we should have done this," or like, "Why are we doing this?" and things like that. And they were like very empowering. They were like, "Jesse, you need to start speaking up in the meeting." Like. Stop back about, like, what you think we should do. Stop holding back about, like, um, things that you think we're doing wrong, things um, that you think we should do better. Um, And so from there, like, I started to open up a lot more um, in a professional setting. But but most recently, I think that, like, the thing that was holding me back was, like, not having my degree. And so, like, waiting to have my degree to, like, kind of, like, um, do other things outside of my role. And so last year, I was kind of like, man, like, I don't need to wait to have a degree to, to say the things I need to say, to do the things I need to do, um, because at the end of the day, I, I am who I say I am. And so, you know, a degree isn't going to define me. Will a degree probably, like, help me? Yeah, it's definitely going to help me, especially with what I'm studying. But, like, just, like, being able to, like, let go of that, like, hesitation because I don't have a degree.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I get that, man. I'm wondering how much of it, of it is also just like you growing up and feeling like you couldn't speak for a long time because of like, to your point, you said like certain family members or people in your community were telling you to like suppress who you are in many ways, right?
0: Yeah. Um, The other thing too is that in this past, you know, in 2020 with, you know, with like the um the the rise again of like the anti-racist movement um after george floyd um i was able to like facilitate some um some some affinity dialogues at um at work and so being able to hear other people's experiences and us like share our like thought process our experience like and just like um, just like open up about a lot of things led me to realize that like you know like the more authentic we are the more other people feel empowered to be authentic
1: um yeah i mean those could be those could be empowering but they could also be so awkward so like yeah were you nervous going into it
0: no yeah i had never done it but i i've always been like really passionate about like being anti-racist you know like um i've been passionate about like non-nonprofits and like being of service to others and so when they asked me to do this, I was like, I don't know how to do this. But also, again, I need to get out of my comfort zone. And if I am a a strong believer in, like, building relationships and sharing our experiences, and that being what moves us forward, then I need to, like, be an example to that. Like, share my experience. You know, um, like, be able to facilitate these
1: dialogues. Yeah. No, that's, that's dope, man. I love how, like, your job actually even creates that space for people to be able to talk because, at a lot of companies they don't even have those conversations like I worked at other companies where like a George Floyd situation would happen and like somebody just like murdered in the street and no one talks about it we just like continue going with with work so I'm sure it was kind of nice and felt a little supportive right
0: yeah no for sure um um I love my team for creating that space for us um and again like um like I keep saying you know the more we create spaces where we're able to share, the more we learn.
1: Yeah. And is that, is that your first job or did you have like jobs before that?
0: No, I had jobs before that. So straight out of high school, I actually, I got a job at at Baker Hughes, which is an oil and gas company here in Houston or like actually they're international, but like, um, but I got that job because my dad has worked for them for like over 20 years. And so he was able to get me that job like in the machine shop and I, fucking hated it like i stayed there for about two years and i was like i hate corporate america i never want to do this again like this is it for me and so then after that i started working in the medical field and then ended up in education
1: Um, why did you hate it
0: i hated just the the work culture like the work culture was very like male dominated white dominated like I didn't care for any of it and at the end of the day like um it's not what I was passionate about I knew that that wasn't like where I wanted to be what I wanted to do the people I I wanted to interact with
1: got you got you um it's it's so interesting like what um like our family members and parents like would be able to to go through for work but us like we feel like I'm going to put my foot down and leave. You know what I mean? Like it's such a different attitude that we, that we come in with certain times.
0: Yeah. It's definitely a privilege too. um, Mm -hmm. growing up from the age of five all throughout high school. And even like sometime, sometime like in my adult life, when, um, for a short time that I was unemployed, um, my mom would send me to work with my um, grandpa and he had a landscaping business. So every Saturday and, and every summer I was out there like, (laughs) you know, like the, um, like we say cutting grass, but it's like mowing the, the lawn and things like that. Um, and like all that time, like I enjoyed spending time with my grandpa, which I call Walito. Um, but I knew that I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. Which is crazy because now my part-time job is working for a farm or like I work with a farm, but I don't like do any kind of farming. Like I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'm out here like trying to organize like events for y'all, but like, don't put me out there. <laughs>
1: tell me tell me about where you grew up as well like was it in houston
0: yeah in houston um, um so like north side houston i'm not sure if you're familiar with houston but it's a predominantly like i mean houston in general is very predominantly latinx but like i
1: mean texas right the whole state yeah
0: texas yeah for sure um but yeah i grew up here in houston i was uh, i was born here raised here
1: so is it is it mostly mexicans in t- in in that town
0: no the Houston is huge. Um, Houston is huge. And we have like...
1: Central America, South America.
0: Yeah, it's very diverse. It's very diverse, not just with the Latinx community, but with all other communities. Like, it's very diverse.
1: Got it. So like, I'm wondering, like you growing up in that town with a lot of people that look like you, was was it easier for you to just like embrace your Latinidad? Like, was it just difficult at home? Because cause you mentioned like at home, you, you met certain resistance. I'm wondering if it was just in your household or just like... The whole neighborhood
0: so i was very sheltered growing up and the first time i really heard the word like latino or latina was in sixth grade with um and my sixth grade teacher was like had like recently graduated um, college she was from the valley she was all about like telling us like this is who you are this is how life's going to be for you you know like it's not going to be as easy as you as it is for other people you need to like work your ass off um so that you can get ahead and so like that's the first like time i really heard the word latino and and that has stuck with me since
1: wait how did she say it though like in what context
0: in her telling us her experience she was like i um she went to rice here in houston and mm-hmm. it was you know um, like it's a predominantly white school and so her being latina from the valley she was you know um like she would tell us about her experience and like just empower us to, to do more because we have to
1: do more. Ah, she was Latina. I didn't know that. That Oh yeah, everything. yeah.
0: Forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I thought, um, definitely invite her onto the podcast. She would
1: love this. Oh, I thought, I thought she just came in and we started yelling like, all these Latinos get
0: out of here. or oh, something. no, 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 no. <laughs> it wasn't that. It wasn't that. She, she's Latina. She's all about the Latinx community. Like, um, she's actually like my boss's boss's boss now. So, because I no had to work for the school that I graduated
1: from. Oh, that's really dope, man. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so, so all right, so you went from that environment and now like at work these days, right, or like some of the jobs that you've had before, I know that early experience was like a lot of people that don't look like you, like as you sort of move forward, is it is it more representative of the town or is it sort of like that first experience where you didn't see a lot of people that look like you? I definitely think that
0: I've surrounded my... Myself, um, or like entered spaces where there are a lot more people who look like me. Even when we go to certain bars and restaurants, like if it's too white, I'm like, let's go. Like, I can't do this. Um, And so, like, when it comes to work and like the people I socialize with, I definitely think that like I put myself in spaces where um, I'm more comfortable, where I can be my more authentic self. Um, And also, just like, to to be able to like build community with people that like I can connect with the most.
1: Nah, for sure, man. I mean, those are the times that I feel the most comfortable at work in particular is like when I'm in, when I'm around certain communities of, of people that just sort of like relate to, to my experiences. So I definitely get that.
0: At the end of the day, like no one else is like, if you're not building community with their own community, like who are you building community with?
1: Nah, a hundred percent, man. I'm, i <laughs> am I love, I love how like 2021 is just bringing, you know, the most authentic you out. Um, Is there anything that's still sort of like, is a bit challenging to, to just be open about?
0: I think that one of the things that's challenging to be open about is like, um, my experiences when it comes to certain things that like, I don't agree with in the workplace. Because at the end of the day, yeah, I'm pretty outspoken. I'm like, you know, like, I say what I have to say respectfully um, but there's some things where I'm like no this is wrong and like we shouldn't be doing this and so there's only so much you can say and do before they're like you gotta go like (laughs) (laughs) you know what you know what I mean like at the end of the day um, like I was recently in a dialogue and we were talking about like yeah we ourselves are trying to get ahead but while we're trying to get ahead we're also trying to like help our community, but at the end of the day, we still have to make a living, and so trying to find that balance between, like, what do I need to do to keep my job, but also, like, do better for my community.
1: Oh, what do you mean by that? You're saying, like, you're trying to, yeah, what do you mean?
0: So, like, I mean, say you see something in your workspace, in your workplace that's, like, happening that you don't necessarily agree with, or, like, Someone is getting like the short end of the stick at work, and they're a part of your community. Like, are you going to speak up? Are you going to like ask your like superiors to like correct that? Like, are you going to advocate for that person, Um, or are you just going to be like, like, just keep it moving?
1: Yeah, that's tough, man. Because a lot of people don't really have the like the confidence to speak for themselves. So in many ways, like if that person does speak up for them, they might feel like, oh wow, well that person did it, then I could do it. So yeah, yeah man, it's, it's really tough. But yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that I would speak up for somebody. Um, it's interesting, that always makes me think of the, uh, there were there were a few women that were on the Obama team and they, um, they always referenced this one meeting that they had. Oh no, sorry. Whenever they got in a meeting, it was it was like three women on that team. Um, typically, like, one woman would say an idea. No one would say anything. And then what the two other women did was that they repeated everything that the one woman said. So that if, the, if they didn't hear her the first time, then the other people would join in. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. So it's sort of just, like, speaking up for people um, and coming together for, like, just to be heard.
0: Yeah, for sure. But when it comes to, like, I guess, like, the... like bigger organizations like there's only so much you
1: can like say and do to like change certain things yeah it's it's um it's pretty intimidating to say the least certain times
0: yeah and even now I'm like I'm not gonna name (laughs) name where I work because I'm like oh no no (laughs) sure I mean people know but like also like there's only so much like I want to say so I guess I'm not necessarily like being like the most authentic right now when talking about my workspace
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no, I get it. I don't, I don't want people to be whistleblowers or like try to make it sound like they're telling on their, um, uh, their company. I'm more so just trying to tell your journey and, you know, through authenticity. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Um, interesting, man. So like, how did you get over, you know, where you were like really young early on, um, where you feel like you couldn't talk, where you felt like you couldn't necessarily be yourself to to like the person you are now? Like, was it like one specific moment?
0: It No. Um. One of the things that I love about your podcast is that you're very front about um about having a therapist. So mental health is huge um for me. And it's been a long road um of like going to therapy, getting the help that I need, finding the like the healthy the healthy coping mechanisms to like deal with with like depression, anxiety. Um and so like that mental health like journey has definitely like um, helped me get to where I'm at
1: now. Tell me about that. Like, what was the reason if you, if you're open to sharing like why you went into it? Yeah, for sure. Um, again,
0: like I said, I grew up in a very like conservative home. Um, my parents were pretty
1: strict. Um, and so like, and you say that you, you said that before, like, what, what do you mean by like very strict? Very strict. Like we weren't able to like, like,
0: I'll give you certain examples. I didn't go to the movies until I grad after I graduated high school. I didn't listen to their music until after I graduated high school. Um, what are the other things? Like I wasn't able to like go to parties during high school. Like, wow. I didn't spend the night anywhere. Oh my God. Me too. Yeah. Like that's not a thing. Like, and no one spent the night at our house either um i didn't really have friends over like i i had a ton of friends in high school like I was very like social in high school but after school it was like that was it
1: was it how did you feel during it it's weird because i, I
0: kind of knew that the response and so like i never really asked
1: same i could literally only stay at one person's house and this person was like my cousin pretty much and the only reason is because like well one he was like my cousin and he lived like three floors downstairs in the building but besides that there was literally no one i could no one's place i could stay at
0: yeah um and then like my parents never let anyone babysit us like we were always with our parents like we were really like really attached to our parents growing up
1: yeah it's so funny i remember i remember growing up in high school like everyone would have the free crib i would never have the place to myself never
0: (laughs) no yeah um i remember in like sixth grade and like by that time you're we kind of like older like you can do things on your own well i ended up going on this like my first like trip without my parents because we, we went to this like camp or whatever i cried like probably like every night because <laughs> like i was had never been away from home wow yeah um so but like my parents being like strict it's not so much like that they were like mean in any way they're like very overprotective
1: that's what i was gonna say like for the most part because it's interesting like at some point i'm sure when you were younger you were just like oh i hate this but like as you get older i'm sure like maybe you've had certain conversations with them and they were just like i was just trying to protect you
0: oh no yeah for sure um um i'd say i have a pretty good relationship with my parents like um i don't live with them anymore but i like try to visit them pretty often we text like everyone texts we have a family group chat and i definitely see where they were coming from because now i have my niece maddie who's five and my nephew lucas who's three and i'm i'm like wait where they're going where they're doing what like
1: (laughs) it's even it's even worse um with latino parents with with women as well like little girls oh they don't let them go anywhere
0: yeah for sure um my sister um, she's only like a year and a half younger than me um if I was going somewhere, she was going. If she was going somewhere, I was going. Like, they never let us go
1: anywhere alone. So as far, so as, far as, as, like, far you like, aiming to be independent and, like, build your own thoughts and, and plans, like, was that difficult to sort of, like, let go and cut that off? I cut it off. Like, obviously, it's still your family, but you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely.
0: Um. um so I think recently, like, and I, when I say recently, it's been, like, the past couple of years. Something that I've been, like, working on is, like, knowing that my mom is coming from like a really good place and so whenever she like makes certain comments or like asks certain questions or like makes like like gestures at like certain things that she doesn't like about like what i'm doing or what i'm saying i kind of like am very like gentle with her with like saying like reminding her that like at the end of the day like this is my life like Mm -hmm. let your kids like live their own lives um and the other thing that i like remind her of sometimes is like um like the more you let me like live my truth the better relationship that we have cuz if you constantly want to be like getting after your kids even when they're older and like all like you know like um like like constantly creating this like negative negative like relationship and space between um y- like me and and my parents um then we're not gonna have a good relationship. And I, and like, as I get older, I wanna get closer to my parents.
1: Yeah. Yeah, same. I've been getting cl- a lot closer to my mom as we got older. Cause every time I would like get, like my grandparents raised me essentially cause my mom was always working. My dad wasn't around. Um, they yeah. were separated. So yeah, it's crazy because when I was younger, like my grandma was my mom in a weird way. Like my grandma raised me and my grandfather was my father figure. My mom was, like, working all day. By the time she got home, she just wanted to go to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, like, as I got older, I've been able to build that relationship.
0: No, yeah, that's really good. Um, my mom was, like, a stay-at-home mom. And so, like, again, like, we were really attached. To, we're still really attached to my mom. And so as we get older, like, living in our living more of our truth, um, having those conversations have, have has been, like, huge. Because I want to, like, stay in contact with her. I don't want to have to yeah. cut her off. Oh, she—if she acts up,
1: it's—it's <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting too. Like you mentioned, like live your truth a few times. Like, what do you—what do you mean by that?
0: Um, so like for me personally, it's like living my truth. Like, like I'm a queer man. So, and my parents, like, were very, have always been very against that. Like, you know, we grew up Pentecostal, so it was like, no, that's—that's that's not something we do. Like, very homophobic. Let's just name it. Um, yeah.
1: And so, are a lot of a lot. Latino families just because yeah, of like religion? Sure.
0: Yeah. And so, like, when I say like living my truth, is like continuing to like be comfortable with who I am and live my life that way and not be held back by by my parents, like, not agreeing, not like not agreeing or like not, not fully accepting me. Because at the end of the day, yeah, I still have a relationship with them, but let's be honest, they don't fully accept me.
1: Yeah. I've I've heard that story many a times, especially from um Latinos households in particular, because like for the most part, like it's so um historically Catholic. Um yeah. or like, you know, in, in the many branches of Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah. Um but like at some point though, I'm sure like what was, I'm sure like when you first came out and they were giving you some feedback, it was, you had a certain feeling towards it, but now it's sort of like, as you mentioned, right? Like you're living your own truth. Like, tell me about that journey and just like your confidence to to be more of who you are.
0: Um, it was more so like my mental health
1: journey. Um, yeah.
0: I'll be very real. Um, young, you know, when I was like younger, in my early twenties and my, my like teenage years, I was like very depressed because i w- I was like suppressing all these feelings of like being who I was um or who I am I mean um and so having like suicidal thoughts just like constantly like not wanting to like do anything outside of like go to work, go out with friends, and that that being it like going home and that's it and so as I grow and as i like as I heal from that, learning how to how to balance and create boundaries between like, Hey, like I I need to live and I need to like, keep wanting to live this life. And if that means that I need to like create boundaries with the people that I love, then that's what needs to happen. Cause at the end of the day, my life, I love me and I'm, I need to value my life a lot more than I, than I value, um, getting along with, with people that I love more.
1: Yeah. And and I applaud you for taking that mental health journey, man, because that's something else in our community that not many of us take. So I'm glad that you did that because therapy honestly saved my life as well, just on a different level, different situation. Yeah. But I'd love to get your feedback on that. Like what are some of the things that you came out of that with as far as like learnings or insight?
0: Um. So like one of the things that I've really like realized, that I really realized in 2020, because like 2020 was like rough for all of us. And i think that like yeah. um for all of us when it comes to mental health too um for a lot of people and i think that in 2020 a lot of people started to realize or like come to like that it's mental health that they were struggling with um mm-hmm. more time alone more time to like be at home and process things and and so like one of the things that i like continuously remind myself um since 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 like you know going through 2020 is that like I need to remember how I cope with with my mental health. So like, say you like are going through like, because everyone's mental health looks different and acts differently um, when you go through like low points. And so like, say you're going through like, you're answering the, like, the depressive episode and you like are like, fuck, like I'm feeling this way. Like, what are you doing that changes that? And so mm-hmm. hoping minute. Sorry, that coping mechanism, you need to write it down and make sure that the next time you're feeling that way, you, like, counteract it with that coping mechanism. Like, yeah. I'm not even sure I'm using the correct terminology.
1: No, nah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, like, you need to make sure you write it down because the next time that happens, you need to do that again so that you can, like, keep moving forward and, like, not, like, prolong this, this, like, depressive episode or, or, or like, this anxiety,
1: Oh, a hundred percent, man bro and I got so a whole I list I got a whole list of shit that I go to, yeah, and like it's crazy what's such like well, first of all, it's different for everybody, right like yeah, for sure for someone, it could just be like putting on like Seinfeld or like watching a funny movie for some people, it's like going for a walk for some people, it's like seeing people for some people, it's seeing nobody, it's like different for everybody, yeah. which is so interesting
0: um, um so what are the? Um, did you come into, like, any new things that you were like, oh, this helped? In, like, oh, yeah. My, I, um... I mean, I, I guess I'll switch switch the role. Like, tell us a little bit more about, like, you know, some things that you came into or, like, realized in 2020 that help you better cope with your mental health.
1: Oh, yeah, man. This is definitely a conversation, so ask me anything. Um, one thing for me is just, like, well, there's a bunch of, like, things that I do throughout the day, but I... I have for, I think I have like pretty bad anxiety. I don't have anxiety, but I don't know like on the spectrum of what it is. Um, so like structure is really important for me. Um, but there are like certain things that I've like implemented throughout the day to make myself feel better. Like after work, like I'll typically put on like a comedy and like not a show that I need to like really pay attention to, but like I'll I'll just watch like stand-up specials all day. Um, in the morning, like I typically either journal, and it literally—I feel like—not that I'm telling my feelings to someone, but I feel like I'm letting it out on the paper, if you will. Because yeah, like, there, sure. there's people that say like energy isn't lost; it's just transferred from one person to another, right? So in a sense, like I feel like I'm transferring my thoughts and my energy to like this pad. Um, what I've been doing lately, which I'm having a lot of fun with, is uh, I, I feel like I feel the need to feel to be creative very often. So I actually bought a coloring book. Oh no! My yes. my girlfriend bought me a coloring book, and I'm just like in there all day. So much fun! Uh, but there's so many different things. There's a lot.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I love that. What about you, though? Similar things. Um, one of the things that I've been doing a lot, or I mean, not a lot, but that I've started to enjoy doing. And again, like I've always like seen myself as a creative, but like, w- and I think that cooking is creative. And so one. Mm-hmm. Of th- 2020 is like when I was able to see people like you know like my group or whatever um, I really enjoyed cooking for other people so like I, I was like cooking for my like grandparents and my grandparents are like amazing cooks and so it was cool mm-hmm. to send them some food and then them be like oh this was like really good or like you should have done this you can do this better and then also just like um, just like cooking for friends that's been like huge for me Um you know, um, like after being like at home, cause now I work from home. Um, yeah. after at home all day, I kinda like wanna go over to my friend's house and like cook for them, things like that. The other thing has been like, um, before the pandemic, I used to go to the spin studio, like at least like- Gosh. I love fucking spinning. And I haven't spinned since the pandemic. I even got a fucking Peloton and I've got it on it for probably like 12 times. And I realized that, that I hate a Peloton because I don't have that like studio culture where I get to see people, where I get to see my best friend, where I get to mm-hmm. interact with people. And so like, now I switched it over to like bike riding outside. So that's been huge for me. The other thing that's been big is like going to the park and having a picnic and just like chilling at the park. Cause now everyone's like having, I mean, here in Houston, I, I never like really did that before the pandemic, but now it's like big for me. Like this weekend, that's definitely what I'm going to
1: do. I knew I always thought I was an extrovert, but now I'm realizing how much of an extrovert I am. And it's not like, I don't have to like talk to someone outside, but I just need to see people outside, like walking around. I just need to like people watch. I love people watching. Yeah. I hate being indoors. I can't do it. It drives me crazy. Like this is really difficult. Just like being indoors all day.
0: Um, I'm definitely an introvert, but like, I see some of the things I do, and I'm like, that's very extrovert. Yeah,
1: yeah I feel you, man. Yeah. That's dope, man. I'm happy for you, man. Because yeah. it's, it's so important to, to take that journey, but really, like, get to know yourself and really understand, like, what works for you and doesn't work for you, man. Because, like, that's not going to be your last um, challenge where you have, like, a difficult day or a difficult string of days. We all, we're all going to have it, right? But at least you have, like, a list or certain things that you can go back to and be like all right well i'm going through this i'm gonna do this
0: yeah for sure like you're, you're probably never going to stop having these like low times yeah in your life you just have to learn how to better cope with or like sorry not yes cope but also better manage them
1: yeah man and i'd love to get into um like professionalism as well right because you've gone through the journey and just like feeling more comfortable in who you are and, and living your truth, as you mentioned. Um, I've heard from other people that identify as that self-identify as queer. They said that they don't feel, although they are, um, although they're seen as, as men, like they don't feel comfortable showing that side of themselves at work because even the men at work, they're like straight white men. You know what I mean? So I'm just wondering, like, does that add another layer of complexity to like you aiming to be yourself in like professional settings?
0: Yeah, I definitely like have had like small small experiences where I, I feel the need to like hold back on certain things, but I've definitely been privileged to to work in a space where like where I can definitely like be myself, my full authentic self and and if that means like sh- showing or like like expressing more of of my like queerness per se, then like that's perfectly fine in my workplace um and so I've been privileged in that way um so I haven't had the many interactions where I feel the need to like hide that
1: that's great man what, what yeah. were some of those instances if you feel comfortable sharing yeah definitely um
0: I think that like when I was like younger and also struggling with like who I was and being in you know like working for oil and gas, like no one there is, is saying they're queer, like, that's just a thing, um, and so, like, I was, one, not comfortable with it, and two, it was definitely not a space where, like, anyone was saying that, because they would probably, like, definitely, like, harass you about it.
1: Wow, did you see other people getting harassed about it, or just, like, hiding it? Not
0: really, but, like, like, in a lot of places that you may go, like, hope you know like um like people make certain comments certain homophobic Mm -hmm. comments you know that like if you were ever to like disclose that you were queer queer um then that would like not be okay
1: yeah and it's it's crazy too because people think it's just as simple as like oh yeah like people know that i'm queer so they're they're like gonna make fun of me or certain or something like that right but it goes so much deeper than that like there's like a fear for for life sometimes you know what i mean and like uh. it wasn't until what like last year where they passed a law or a bill i don't know the right like legal terminology I that don't it was know. <laughs> but like they just passed it last year and it took until last year for them to say that it's illegal to discriminate based on sexual orientation like before that it was legally okay to fire somebody because of that crazy um. Yeah, um, which
0: was crazy to me when I found that out, because like I said, I've definitely been privileged to like work in a space where I don't necessarily have to worry about that. And so when when that came out, I was like, oh, this, this is not a thing for everyone, you know? Like,
1: Yeah, I could, yeah, like I feel for the people that aren't like as privileged as, as yourself, you know what I mean, to be in some of those spaces.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, some of my friends work in spaces where like, no one knows that they identify as queer. Wow,
1: that must be tough. Yeah, for sure. What about um? What about moving forward, man? Obviously, like you're at a point right now where you feel really comfortable, and I'm I'm really happy for you, man. Like, what's one thing that just continues to inspire and continue to empower you to be your most authentic self?
0: Um, the one thing that just continues to inspire me is that the the more I share my experience, the more I share my story, um, other people begin to share it. And I really believe that that when we have conversations, when we start conversations, when we share our experiences, that's how we learn. And
1: when we stop doing that, it's when we stop learning.